Welcome to episode six of the Hometown Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Ileanne Tyson. I walk you through how to market a successful business in your small community by sharing the latest tips and techniques along with case study interviews. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show in your favorite player or by going to iliantyson.com forward slash VIP. Recently, I sat down with Leslie Schweitzer and some of her staff of 313 Cafe. This is a new hot spot in Seneca, South Carolina. We sampled some of their breakfast while we were there and I can just tell you it's OMG. It was really, really good. I can't wait to go back for dinner. I hope you enjoy today's interview. Today's episode is brought to you by Hooked Studio, a digital media publishing company. You can find them online at hooked.studio. Now, let's get to the interview. Welcome to the Hometown Marketing Podcast. We are at 313 Cafe in Seneca, South Carolina today. I have with me Leslie Schweitzer, and she is the founder of the cafe, along with Jason Chrysalis. Welcome, Leslie. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming out. We really appreciate it. Well, I am so excited for you to finally get in here. This place is beautiful. Um, The work just takes my breath away. So I'm so glad you're on Instagram so that I can see all the pictures and get all all the pretty shots and things with that so all right so we're going to jump right in here tell us just a little bit um, about your background and how you decided to open this cafe Um, well I've been in the hospitality business for over 20 years in different aspects of it and I wanted to open a cafe because previous places I had been involved with were like large And I really was interested in the intimacy of something smaller and trying to do the things that I thought would be of value to the community. Well, you've done a good job, and it's bustling in here, so that's that's a good sign. All right, so when did you actually open your doors, and how has business been since then? We actually opened our doors about unofficially like three weeks ago and it's been steady since then and we're anticipating probably at the beginning of June that we'll really start pushing through and trying to really engage the community and reach out to the community to really start building the business. Cool and tell us some of the unique features about the cafe. Um, Well I think one of our primary unique features is that we really want to bring together the local community, the local farmers, the local providers, and use their goods and services and promote them in the community, like as a joint venture to provide healthier choices for people in the community. Sounds great. And just so the listeners know, Leslie has been an integral part in our Seneca location for the uh, the Clemson Area Food Exchange that we've been running for several years. So 
thank you for that volunteer effort there. 313 is actually going to be the new pickup location for Seneca starting, I believe, next week. Yep. And, and that was one of the... When I started volunteering at CAFE, I already knew at some point I was going to be opening, you know, 313. And when I went to CAFE, I really realized the depth of what local people had to offer, the quality of the ingredients they produced, the pride they had in producing the ingredients, and their work ethic. I mean, everyone works really hard. There's volunteers that have a lot of knowledge and a lot of care. And, you know, Ellie and you and Lance and everyone who runs the cafe, I mean, you're really dedicated to providing just absolutely the best product that you can. And the community doesn't know about all the good things that the area has. And so hopefully, you know, through this cafe, you know, people will realize what all these upstate counties offer. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so how did y'all come up with the name of 313? Well, Jason is originally from Detroit, Michigan. And the area code for Detroit is 313. And so if you're from Detroit and people ask you, where are you from, you say you're from the 313. <laughs> right. And so actually, Jason moved down here in 2006 from Detroit. He's a framing contractor by trade. And the economy in Detroit had really slowed. And him and many of his other trades all moved down here together and started doing construction work on and around Lake Kiwi. And that's when they realized, like with weather, since they work outside all the time, in Michigan, when it was one, zero degrees or above, they worked. And basically, every day you came to work, you spent an hour shoveling off your job site, you started a fire and you warmed yourself every day and never having any idea that there was anything different. And so Jason loves framing, but when he came down here, he was like, what have heaven. I been doing? <laughs> right. This is paradise. Yeah. And so he absolutely loves this local area, but there are still things that he misses about Detroit. You know, food, food-related. It's so funny how food plays such an important role in, you know, the memories of your past. Sure. And people really connect, even if they've been gone for a long time. So there were many things that he missed food-wise about Detroit. And so he's trying to blend his old home with his new home. And then another thing about Detroit is Detroit does not give up. You can't with those kind of temperature swings. <laughs> they are constantly rising from the ashes, reinventing themselves, going through all kinds of adversity and still coming up on top. And I guess that's just kind of like a ethic mm -hmm. that is really admirable. And, you know, so that's sure. what we want to bring here. You know, sure. never giving up, always doing the best you can and always trying to do better. That's wonderful qualities for sure very admirable well very good that's so what are some of the has any of the food choices and offerings influenced the Detroit flavor or just 
how did y'all choose some of your food and, and beverage yeah, from, choices? Yeah, from Detroit. Better made chips, pretty much. If you go anywhere in Detroit or Michigan, they'll have better made chips. There's three flavors, plain, barbecue, and hot, that any native Michigan person will know and love. Fago Pop. What is that? It's, <laughs> we call it soda. Oh, okay. And it, and, and northerners call it pop. And Fago is a brand that started in Detroit. And so people know it and they have all their favorite flavors. And then another big thing from Detroit is what's called conies. And they're a hot dog with a skin, chili with no bean sauce, mustard and onions only. And so it, and just yesterday, two people came into the shop saying, when are you getting conies? You're from Detroit, get conies. I'm a conies specialist. Awesome. We want conies. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, I guess y'all are getting conies. Do you have an ETA for that? Hopefully by item? the beginning of next week. Yay, <laughs> wonderful. All right, so how did you choose this location? Was it just a confluence of... Well, Jason wanted to be in a small community, and he wanted to be in an area that is kind of like up and coming. And actually, you know, Oconee County is really seeming to blow up with tourism, new people moving into the area, Clemson, the connection with Clemson is, I can't even describe how amazing that is. It's just like people don't realize just what Clemson brings to the area in terms of new people coming in, tourism, you know, positive notoriety in the world. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. So we really liked that aspect of it. We liked that... We feel like the coffee scene is an emerging scene in this upstate area. So you're kind of getting in on ground level and really trying to build a coffee following and, you know, really just take it to the next level in coffee. And then we also feel that the area has a rich heritage of farming. So you have access to a lot of ingredients that are top quality ingredients and so all those things kind of coming together makes it seem kind of like the perfect spot and then where we are on 123 there's a lot of traffic and we have a big parking lot so those are all things that a business faces that are hard you know without parking people you know can't come there's many places of tried to go to, not necessarily in Seneca, but in Greenville yeah. and, and even in Clemson that I just, it's so it's hard, so, to hard so I just don't go, I'll go somewhere else. Well, that's very good. Now, do you oh, have... Oh, and another oh, thing is, this, this space that we're in, my, this was my mom's office like 20 years ago. What did she do? She was a property manager and she had an Auric vacuum cleaner store. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was in here. <laughs> and so it just seems kind of like going full, because she, she's actually passed away, but she would have loved being in a coffee shop. 
She never met, met a stranger. She was the kindest person I think I've ever met. And the idea that this would be going on and she could possibly somehow be a part of it, she would have totally loved. Mm, that's good. And that can also push you through when things aren't going so well yeah. to think about those kind of either your end result or what would mom do or yeah. you know, those kind of things too. Absolutely. So that's special. All right. Do you have local competition or not yet? Or how, what? what's the competition scene for? Um, the competition, one thing that I can say about the coffee industry as a whole at this point in time is it's extremely collaborative. So even though you have other coffee providers and you have other places that do, you know, a similar thing, in general, people are very receptive to helping other people, which is a lot different than other industries I've been in. I would even think the food industry in general wouldn't be quite as Yes, it isn't. It isn't. I would think. But yeah. something about coffee... And I don't know if it's a sense of community that a coffee shop kind of gives a vision of, but people are very collaborative. So that we're hoping that even though we have competitors in the area, that we can all work together to you know, do a better job producing coffee, providing hospitality to the guests that come in, and just overall you know, elevate the whole going out, having a night out experience for everyone in the community. So what do you think is your biggest strengths to keep your customers coming back? We're, we're hoping, like we believe that we're going to do everything in our power to deliver the best products, whether it be coffee, smoothies, cocktails, food that we can to our customers like as a given. And then what we really hope to kind of shine through on is hiring the best people that really care, that are passionate about what they're doing and that really understand that people work hard for their money, they have many choices and what they can do with it and to provide an experience where people just come in and are like you know wow I, that was really a nice night out and a good value and we'll be back yeah and i will tell all my friends <laughs> and i will tell all my friends that it we just had fun good good so let's switch gears just a little bit. So this, the facility here, please check out the Instagram and Facebook um, pictures. But the facilities here are just beautiful. How did y'all go about picking that those out? Um, well, we, we wanted to use reclaimed materials to start with. And we wanted to go as green as we could. So it's been a it's been a three year process for us doing this, and so basically we would just research, you know, where to get materials. Like the floors are from a mill in Greenwood, 
the bricks from the mill in Greenwood. Oh, they aren't original? Not original. Um, with Jason being a framing contractor, like this bar top was cutoffs that he recycled from his jobs and put into here. And so we tried to use as much recycled materials as we could, reuse parts when he was remodeling that people were tossing out and doing all that kind of stuff. And then in kind of fine-tuning everything, we worked with Kim Jackson at ID Studios in Greenville, who Jason also collaborates with a lot doing his framing work. And she kind of just came in and, you know, fine-tuned a lot of the final touches just so that, you know, it would have, you know, a look of continuity. And so between the collaboration of just Jason's work and then a vision for what we wanted to come up with and then working with Kim Jackson, we just ended up with this. Yeah, well, it's gorgeous. Very good. And, no. and you've got to see our bathrooms. <laughs> I know that's okay. crazy, but they're so, they're really super clean and plain, but super neat. Okay, we will definitely do that before we and leave. You, and you know it's tough whenever someone walks in the door and you're showing off the restaurant and the first thing you say is, you've got to see your bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Very good, that's wonderful. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to what advice would you give new business owners, whether they're in the food industry or just in a, another type of brick-and-mortar type of business? What, what kind of... Um, I guess one thing I would say to people is it's always going to cost more than you anticipate, no matter what. I think no, across the board, no matter what you're doing. It's like building a house. Yeah. Any renovations. Yeah. And then I think I would say that there's not a lot I would do differently. I would say that one thing I think I could do better at is there's so much talent around you that you don't even know about. And I guess I would just say to try to do a better job looking at what you have like around you and what resources you can pull from around you. Not necessarily, you know, primarily in experience and advice and, um, you know, expertise. So I would say that would be something that would be really helpful. And then I would say probably I would say probably really try to think through, almost like mechanize every single part of what you're going to be doing in your business and write it down on a piece of paper. All, because there's like, for every one thing you've thought of, there's like a hundred things you haven't thought of. And even though we had three years to think about everything, like I said, we thought of one thing and there's a hundred more we didn't think of. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know how you would do that. I mean, I guess how you would do it differently is think, okay, I'm going to make coffee. This is all the things I need to know to do that. 
Sure. And then to blend in food yeah. or mm -hmm. events. and Yes. Are you going to be doing catering at all? Yes, we're going to be doing catering, a limited amount of catering in terms of like weddings and big events. But we are hoping to do a lot of like breakfast meetings, lunch meetings, and that kind of catering. We also want to do meal plans, you know, where either people can buy um, meals that are like ready to bake or frozen meals, you know, that they can order ahead and pick up here. And like I said, be more, you know, nutritionally balanced, using fresh ingredients, not using additives, all those kind of things here. And, um, oh, and then we're also going to be doing events but all of the events are more intimate. So like if we do a wine tasting, it's for 20. If we do a beer tasting, it's for 20. If we have like a bean to cup class, it's for 20. If we have a home brewing class, you know, it's for 10. You know, just try to keep things as intimate as we can so that the, you, when you leave, you feel like you had a one-on-one -on -one sure. experience with someone. That's special, that's good. Definitely the way to build raving fans in many areas of, you know, all these little sub areas of the business. So that's yeah. really great. Well, tell me about your staff and finding staff. And, I mean, some smaller businesses might not feel so, uh, you know, that might be one of their hang-ups. They might be doing everything themselves. What would be some tips that you would have uh, with regards well, to hiring um, staff. Once again, I don't know if it's something to do with the coffee scene or what, but in all my history of hiring, which has been a long one because I'm old, um, this, I, this experience here, I have found the best people kind of like right out of the gate than I've ever found before. So I, initially I had recruited a lot from Clemson because I really like working with Clemson students and I think that you know they do a good job. So I recruited from Clemson initially and so many people that came through the door were awesome. And then I connected with Sam from Mount Gilead Granola and, because I wanted to use his granola here in the shop. And then through him, I mean, it sounds crazy, right. but through him, he sent over a couple of fantastic people. And then... It makes it hard to choose. Yeah. And then, you know, through their connections, they sent over, you know, some great people. And then a couple of people just happened to walk in and they've been fantastic. You know, they just happen to walk into the coffee shop and then I would just see them kind of looking around like kind of with a finer eye than an average person and then I would just talk to them and they were kind of interested and then they turned out to be fantastic. I mean, so, I mean to the point of this one girl came in, she was just coming in to look at the shop and think, hmm, I wonder if I want to work here. Sure. And I spotted her. 
And I just started talking to her, so we had, I said, well, do you want to do the interview now? And she was like, uh, I'm not really ready, but okay. Sure. And so she did the interview, and I hired her on the spot. And then she turned out to be a beer geek, which I was looking for that. Then she turned out to already have graduated and been working for a year in graphics communications. And I thought, okay, could you come in for training on Saturday for this orientation? Not a big deal. She came in, she took the orientation. She just did fabulous. I said, hey, well, what are you doing tomorrow? Which was Sunday. And she was like, well, not much. She said, well, can you come in tomorrow? And she came in that day and then she just did like 50 marketing things and menus and all this kind of stuff in one day. Wow. And the rest yeah. is kind of like, it just was like a godsend. Working out, yeah, working out well. Well, I think a lot has to do with the look and feel and the atmosphere just really attracts a certain group of people. And they're automatically going to be just pulled in and mesmerized by yeah. what you've got going on. So that's really exciting. It seems like it. And then, and then just the other day, well, like the two ladies came in to have a co- have a meet over coffee, and then one lady had has been deeply entrenched in the specialty coffee business for ten years from out west and relocated to this area a year ago. And, you know, so she's, it's just like, it's really kind of miraculous. That's cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I think you wanted me to chat a bit with some of your staff here. So I'm going to stop the recording and we'll we'll go from there with that. So any last questions for me or... Any last thing you want to say about maybe your hours? Um, Well, we're open Monday through Thursday from 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. And then Friday and Saturday, we're open until midnight. And we will start having um, live entertainment acoustic on Friday and Saturday. We'll be doing events, and we are working into our wines, beers, and craft cocktails. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say thank you very much for CAFE and for everything that you do for CAFE. And I just think it's an amazing, amazing thing that you're doing. Well, thank you. It's worked very well for the community and for the volunteers that are involved, including myself. So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I am sitting now with Lauren Rick, and she is the barista here at 313 Cafe. Lauren, welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. So tell me about your job. What do you love about it? What do you love about being here? Right. So I started at like a big corporation coffee shop, and it it was great, and I loved it, and I loved the coffee and learning more and more about it. Um, but I realized that I wanted to know more and I wanted to get more in depth with the craft side of it and less on the speed side. So, um, I've loved being here with our machines and hanging out with our customers who are more into this like coffee scene Mm -hmm. who really want that craft drink. So it's been really fun. That's exciting. And I can see the excitement in your voice too. (laughs) So what surprised you the most 
since you've been here? Um, I think just the quality of product that Leslie and Jason have really invested into um, because I've just seen them making decisions that they don't have to make and me coming from a big corporation coffee shop I know that they don't have to make these decisions for customers um, and so it's really cool to see them making decisions to use local farmers and to focus on the community more than just like oh let me make money or make me like have a cool atmosphere, that sort of thing. They really want to give back to the community. So I've really enjoyed getting to be a part of that. Very good. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that as yeah. a supporter for local farmers yeah. myself. So <laughs> sure. appreciate. Um, so she said you had wanted to like step up your game and learn right. more. What, what inspired you to do that just yeah. because of your past? Or? For sure. So I actually have been going out to our provider for our coffee. Um, we get our coffee beans from Methodical Coffee. They're a roastery in Greenville um, and they're wonderful. And so I had been going out there kind of talking to those guys about latte art and kind of the right way to treat coffee um, because America for a long time has treated coffee like a commodity and it's really there's more to it. You know, we treat certain things like wine with a certain respect and coffee has really earned that respect and there are farmers across the world who hire the right pickers and there's nine individuals before the coffee ever comes to us who have worked to make the coffee perfect and how it should be um so i got really interested in the way that we as americans um respect coffee and i went overseas over a summer with my mom um, and we visited London and we visited some coffee shops there and I was like, I just want to be a part of this who is like looking back to the farmers in Ethiopia and you know, Guatemala and these places um, who deserve the respect that they've earned so hard for their coffee. And you know, for one bag of coffee, like a small bag, 16 ounce bag, it's a whole coffee plant. It's the whole year for that. So I was just so torn up about wow. how <laughs> about no how we treat coffee yeah, yeah. so um, it's really cool and the farmers work so hard um, and the roasters out in Greenville will work so hard to make our coffee to the quality that it is um, so I've really enjoyed getting to be hands-on making sure that our um, final product is a respect back to that original work that's right. very good holistic right so so what um, what is your background in general are you from here? Are you, right. Did you go um, So I actually grew up in Powdersville, um, so really the Easley area. I went to Wren High School, so go Hurricanes. <laughs> um, and that was great. And then now I'm a Clemson student, um, so I'm an English major and I'm an education major, so love it. Um, and, yeah, so I've been here my whole life. My parents are from here, so, yeah, this is homegrown oh, for me. Yes. Yeah, very good. <laughs> for sure. Well, very good. Well, any last closing words or anything you want to you know I don't think so say. but thank you so much for having me on oh, you're yeah, welcome I loved it so great talking with you same here yeah, same here thank you I am now with Wade Kelly another barista here at 313 cafe welcome Wade thank you very much for having me so tell me a little bit about you and why you joined this wonderful company yeah, so um, I'm from Anderson, South Carolina originally. I just graduated from Southern Wesleyan in December. And I have a friend that's been a barista for a couple of years now, and he came on staff here and asked me if I wanted to come on board. And so I took the opportunity, sent in my resume, and got the job. So, Did you uh, have any background in barista uh, I, I do not. I've always, <laughs> yeah, 
I've always loved coffee. I'm the type of person that wakes up every morning and has a cup of black coffee. I've never experimented with lattes and cappuccinos and all that. I've always known about it and I've always like admired it, but mm -hmm. I don't really have, I've never had the experience of being an actual barista. Yeah, so mm -hmm. you're learning a lot. I yeah, I am. I've already <laughs> learned so much, yeah. Well, very good. So what do you like best about working here? I just think it's a great environment, honestly. Like the setup that our owners put it put together, uh, the coworkers are amazing. The management's awesome, and just meeting people, making coffee is also like an amazing experience. It's so much fun coming in every day and just making different types of coffee for different types of people. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And what do you see, kind of long term for? your barista career? So I'm actually applying to go to grad school, uh, fingers crossed, but uh, I think it's a great avenue, like internationally, like anywhere you go, there's coffee shops everywhere. So having this experience being a barista, maybe in the future, if I go to grad school far away, or even if I stay here, I think having this experience as a barista will help me like so, so much in the future. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like a skill. Once you've learned it, you can't take it away. Yeah, so you, you've got it. It's the core of what you're doing. Absolutely. And and I understand you're a soccer coach. I am. So I played soccer at Southern Wesleyan during my time there. I've been playing soccer since I was four. It's like okay. my number one love. I yeah. absolutely love it. Um, and so I got on board with my old high school. I went to Crescent High School in Iva, South Carolina. And the head coach there asked me if I wanted to help out my junior year of college. Mm -hmm. So I had some time at Crescent my junior year of college, but being a full-time student and playing soccer there was a busy schedule. But I graduated in December, so I could spend more time with my team. And so I got to go to like every practice, every game this past season. And yeah, that's an amazing experience. That's what I want to like have my career built around is my passion for soccer and love for teaching kids how to play. That's exciting. It's very exciting. I love well, it. good. Well, I am very pleased to have you on the podcast. Thank you and so much. So glad that Leslie was able to snag you. Because yeah. um, this is just a great, great environment to work in and a great, um, I think she's got a lot of great things going yeah, on. Yeah, I agree. So thank you so good. much. You are so welcome. And yeah. thank you Super again. Super nice to meet you. Same here. All right. <laughs> If you enjoyed this interview and want to hear more of them, be sure to subscribe. You can do that in your favorite player or by going to iliantyson.com forward slash VIP. Next time, I will share tips and techniques with regards to branding your business. I do hope you'll tune in. Thanks and until next time.